the Humvee sold for $850,000. Wow. American. His, his portion of it was $750,000. Which is insane. <laughs> it's worth what somebody will pay for it. Mm -hmm. That applies to everything in the auction. Like you might think these numbers are crazy, but somebody's paying it. We're looking at it from our economic ability and it seems crazy, but I know what this stuff costs. And some of it you're like, damn, that's a lot of money, but it's a deal. Some stuff, 100% overpriced, like 100%. <laughs> yeah. I love the design of, what's this car again? The Pagani what? Huayra. Huayra. No, is no that that's a Zonda. That's Zonda. a Zonda. Zonda. Yes. Oh. So sick. Mm. I've seen a Huayra, but not a Zonda. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a Zonda. I've seen a few Huayras. Yeah. Yeah. A couple times now. Yeah. They're <gasps> gorgeous. Yeah. They're, they're like, they're like, mm. they're like time pieces. They're like, like art they're, on wheels. Yeah. That's how I kind of like when I see the interior, it just automatically makes me think of like the internals of a, of a like a really nice watch. Yeah. Something to aspire to try, you know, try and emulate is, is like even a fraction of what, you know, Horatio has created there. Well, I can put it under your, in your car. Those two flaps that do the little arrow flap things. Yeah. Your nah, Datsun is a perfect test bed. No, my, my Datsun is, is like a caveman car in comparison to that. <laughs> and I'm not interested in going that deep. No. Or your car has arrow, Tim, doesn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't have the computer system to control. <clears throat> it's pretty rudimentary. Oh, that one is just, is it just manual? No, that it's one is just, just speed, no. right? You're, on it's your brakes and speed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's still sick. Come on. Because the Pagani does the same thing. It does it. Oh, no, I feel like in the corners too. It yeah, there's does all the dancey yeah. dance. It's got accelerometers mm. and all kinds of things. Uh, in there. Uh, yaw it. controllers. Yaw controllers. Yeah. This and that and everything else that we're just not invested in. And then yes. I'm curious to know if those wings, like, have you seen those wings on, what are those cars? The, the Zenvos, TSRS or whatever those things are called that the wing moves to the side like, oh, yeah. like this and like this. Yeah, like when you turn, it goes the other way. Yeah, and like it's, but it's really dramatic. Looking. It's pretty really? insane. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. No, it's cool. They say it's functional. I don't know how functional I it know, is. I know, but, but still, it's freaking dumb. No, it's not dumb, Ralph. It Come looks on. goofy. <laughs> Dude, there's a, there, there has to be a balance in effectiveness and just aesthetic pleasing things. It looks like, sick. It's not yeah, sick. Yeah, when it's man. not moving, as soon as it goes around a corner, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, that's not sick, dude. Because the thing pitches like 30 Literally, degrees. Literally, yeah. Like it's, you can see it like that. It's admirable if it functions. That's pretty cool. But And I mean, if it actually was a thing, we would see it in motorsports. Well, what if, well, no, they what probably if they were the pioneers? Like, they would ban it I mean, for sure, but thing. you would at least have seen it attempted before now. Mm, I feel like we've gone off a tangent. Okay. <laughs> we didn't even start, too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Shop Talk, <laughs> Yes. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If this is your first time watching, my name is Elvis. Tim. Rob. And on this podcast, uh, we talk about cars. We're a custom shop uh, located here in British Columbia, Canada. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about auctions. Auction? Uh, what? Auctions Yo. are getting out of hand. Or are they? Auction they? prices. Yes, oh, they are. Dang. Huh. Um, I've noticed it in the past, in 2021, 2022, mm -hmm. when COVID was happening, things really got crazy. I feel like things have kind of settled now, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still, some of the things, as we're going to discuss, are still mind-blowingly out of hand. <laughs> and uh, because 
if you didn't know, we skipped last week. We didn't have a podcast last week. Mm. That's and why because, is that? Yes, why is that, Tim? Why is that? <laughs> Don't blame it on me. Why is you that, guys could have had one while I was gone. I know, uh, I didn't mention it to Rob, but... Because Elvis know. and I were here in the cold, frigid <laughs> north of Canada. Yep. And Tim was down in Phoenix at the Barrett-Jackson auction. Yeah. Wow. So there's a, just, a little, just a little waypoint stop off in, I know. in Las Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. To the G-Wag. And, you yeah. know, off-road adventure, you know, yeah. tour. Yes. So, so give us your, recount your, uh, your whole experience uh, from it. driving from here. Because first of all, we took some, you took some G-Wagons from here. Yeah, to the G-Wagon rally in Vegas. Yes. So recount the whole thing because it is pretty wild. Okay. Yeah. So like, let's just start right now. It's like February 2nd as right now. Mm -hmm. You just got back. So it's yeah. still winter time. Yes. Yeah, and it was uh, it was an adventure. Okay, <laughs> we encountered. No, no, start from the start. Start the from the start. start. Yeah, let's like start. Let's, man. let's have this like a story here. We're a building. Story. We're like building. Your mom and dad got together. In the <laughs> I don't know how much of a story. <laughs> so was you, you first of all, you left with the G wagon, the Portal G wagon. From yeah, here. so we start with that. we finished the Portal G here basically mm. last minute because mm. the previous week we had all kinds of challenges with bad weather here and heaters not working so basically everything came down to the last possible minute because mm -hmm. we had body work and paint and a bunch of things to do that got delayed because of heating issues in our buildings and all this type of stuff and not being able to get parts so literally finished them last minute which seems like no matter what the hell we do it, it always, always ends, ends up that way. Like, yeah it's like no matter how hard we try yeah. not to yeah. do that so like we we had like a three or four day buffer we thought but then because the paint shop the heaters went out we weren't able to you know get our stuff done in time because we had to wait so it ended up being last minute then i got the portal g on the trailer plus that was a whole nother thing we had to organize all this giant trailer and all this other stuff that trailer was massive yeah it was 36 <laughs> oh feet gosh. Yeah. so we had to get the tow truck the truck we used in the toilet outfitted and that was a bunch of stuff and then i got the trailer we loaded up the portal g i headed out to Kelowna which you have to go Coquihalla, which locally is, you know. Terrifying. Terrifying. In the winter in Well, it Canada. depends. Like, you could go at 2 in the afternoon, and it's fine, and then by 5 p.m., it's, like, treacherous. Yep. Yeah. So we got a little bit of that because it started snowing really bad. Oh, no. And, of course, we got this crazy expensive vehicle on the back, <laughs> so that adds another level of stress. So then we got the Kelowna. We loaded up another G-Wagon and then crossed the border there which is always you know the, anytime you're crossing a border it can be five minutes or five, <laughs> five hours, hours you yes. never know it all just depends on the mood of the guy that you got but we had all of our ducks in a row everything was fine crossed the border without issue and then immediately almost like a wall we hit fog so the roads were fine as far as you know but the fog was so thick you could only see like 50 feet out so oh gosh we had left time to sleep overnight and then finish the rest of the trip the next day. So we we're supposed to have two 12 hour days, mm -hmm. but because of the fog and because of the road conditions getting to Kelowna, we were already behind. We didn't get to Kelowna until like eight o'clock at night. And then the fog, we drove 45 to 50 kilometers an hour for like six and a half hours. Ooh, so it was, it was that long? Yeah, it was that long. Cause you're traveling down, you know, through these passes. Then we assumed that once the sun came up, it would burn it off. It didn't until like oh, noon, no. one o'clock. And then we kept going and then, then it was, 
Yeah, we got every kind of. We had snow. Four seasons. We had ice, <laughs> and it was worse because it didn't even. It would like rained and then froze because it's like the desert. Oh yeah. So there's no snow. It's just ice. Ice. And then we got through that, and then finally we came down out of the mountains and got into Nevada. And I was like, okay, it's mint. Yeah. It's like six degrees. Roads are perfect. Desert. We're ace. We're gonna make some time now, but we're already late. Like we are, we had to drive through the night, so there's no sleeping. We're in like hour twenty four. We're still five hours from Vegas, and then like a wall. There's a snowstorm. <laughs> Cars, <Vegas>. chaos, <laughs> upside down in the ditch. Everyone on all seasons, summer tires. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then we got through that, and again, just like a wall, boom, summer again, and away we went. And we ended up getting there at eleven o'clock at night. So he missed like oh the G-Wagon parade and a couple other things because he was going to a big event, one of our customers. And then up at 6 a.m., unloaded the trucks. They headed off to the desert, and then I headed to Phoenix to go to Barrett. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. So it was an adventure. <laughs> so no matter what, it always seems to come down to the last minute. Yeah, but it kind of also worked out, too, that it was like the, the time that you guys delivered, it kind of worked out, too, perfectly. Even with the oh, his we were plans getting, and we everything, were getting yeah, there, yeah, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, so yeah. it just it was a lack of sleep. Yeah. So I got beat up pretty bad. Mm. And then you made it to Barrett Jackson. So have you been or attended any other like auctions like that, like Mika? Uh, I've been or? to lots, lots and lots oh, okay. of auctions, and I've been to Barrett before. Okay. So I knew what to expect. And Barrett was in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. So it yeah. was. Uh, more or less what was to be expected mm. with a few standouts but yeah it was pretty much on par with any other time i've been mm -hmm. so before we dive <clears throat> into the prices of some of the things there and some of the things at auction houses something that i feel like i've noticed i don't know if you noticed the same thing but you pointed it out was like every car or every custom car there that had an ls was sold more than for more than the actual classic what it came with counterpart yeah, yeah. and only we can just go strictly on the ls yeah so let's say you have two identical corvettes part for part the same other than that just the engine it was fifty thousand dollars more <laughs> and then once you started adding chassis and brakes and it just sky's the limit from there but if you just took like they're a hundred examples you can go on the docket and see what stuff sold for you could have like a mint c10 that's perfectly restored canned laid out wheels brakes and it would be sixty-five thousand. you put an ls in it with no other changes and it was like one hundred and forty thousand. that's pretty crazy to me because i feel like and these aren't even built ls's these are just like stock, stock ls3 ls3 crate engines put in the hole no, that, but that is crazy to me because I feel like typically, like you guys have more experience than the, than me, but typically wouldn't it be the opposite? Like anything back in the day that was modified in any way, it's like, I think nah, it's man. all gone now. Well, I know it's gone. Mm -hmm. 100% it's gone. Because I saw like a 67 Corvette, I'm just picking on Corvettes because yep. there's so many of them, like a 67 Corvette, like a fuel car that would have been like one of those grail cars other than like a big block car. And it was like 140 grand. And then you start looking at the LS3 converted Corvettes and then Rosa Shop chassis Corvettes and then full builds. And they're like 200, 290. <laughs> I think the most expensive one I saw was like 430. Oh my US. gosh. Yeah. So like that collector car stuff, 
nobody wants to mess with it anymore. Mm. Like they just they want to drive their cars, which I mean that's what you're supposed to do. So I, there's always going to be that faction that covets those perfect cars, but there was a lot of big collections being sold of that restored stuff and it wasn't pulling the money that the resto mods were pulling that's pretty crazy like it's wild that's mm -hmm. pretty crazy is this almost inspiring you guys to just put ls's or advise a customer to put like an ls or something else in any of the cars that they would hope to sell in the future or i think the reputation of the ls is just so good now mm -hmm. and it's just it's undeniable like mm -hmm. it works yeah you can just you don't have any headaches anymore So you don't have to necessarily be like the hands-on grease monkey guy to own a 67 Chevelle anymore. Like you can have a nice car that you know you can hit the key and drive. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the transition. Because that other stuff, you let it sit and every time you drive it, you're fixing something. And then the idea of driving it is like, oh man, I don't know if I want to take this thing out because I might have to get it towed home. Whereas the LS car, you drive it enough that you can actually legitimately get a feel for what it is mm -hmm. and not be afraid to drive it. Yeah. And I saw some crazy cars that like, all that stuff nobody cares about. It's like <laughs> all aluminum 427s, 850 horsepower, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then they're like cheap, cheap. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. I feel like, um, you know, to answer your question, yes, of course. I'm going to advise everybody to do that. Put an LS in your car and drive it. You're, you know, that's what it's for. Yeah, the ones we do, how often um, have you seen those guys again? We never see them. Yeah. They bring it for an oil change in springtime and that's it. Yeah. And especially if you're driving it as like a, you know, an enthusiast car, like what, how many miles are you actually putting on it a year? 12,000? Mm. So you get an oil change a year, there's really no other maintenance. Yeah. And if it's been built well, it's like you'll never see them again. Yeah, there's people out there, you know, car enthusiasts that are like all about that classic stuff you know they they live and breathe it um but i feel like those people are are fewer and far more far between now and i think that uh it's kind of contributing to the fact that you know those cars are not pulling the numbers that they that they used to it's just nobody has the experience or the know-how or even the desire like tim said I to to space. play around with that stuff anymore You know, it's it's super. It's such a it's such a super romantic, idealistic idea to have. You know, these super radical motors that are like you know really exotic and and that's super cool. You know, if you think about it. But like these cars need to be driven. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to experience these cars. And, and an LS converted version of that car gives you that opportunity. So it's, I would say all day long, just do it. Unless of course it's something that des deserves to be in a museum piece because it's like historical or something. Yeah. That's a good point to mention because I feel like there's still something, um, something like romantic, like you said, about like driving a car stock as mm -hmm. it was and as it should have been from the factory. Like there's still that, but Because I don't know, you still get the feeling because I feel like when it's an LS, it's more modern. It's like it doesn't give you as much. And there's people that crave that. Yeah, um, I, I think like it just gives you something different. Yeah. You know, and I believe that every engine, every chassis, every car has its own unique characteristics that in an ideal situation, a customer or, or you would have this perfect shining example that runs and drives, drive it as it was then do a swap and then drive it again. If you could do that back to back, like right away, 
you would you would find that you probably appreciate the new version so much more. It depends. I, I mean, I don't think it applies to everything. It like doesn't. If, like if you have, say, like the Aston Martin mm-hmm. with that motor. That motor is a very specific thing. It has a specific sound and it performs in a specific way. Yeah. You take that away from that car, it's not the same car. Oh, that's, I that's see so very true. Whereas like you have a 67 Camaro and you take out a carbureted small block and put an LS in it, it's not so far detached from yep. what it was. Yes, like, exactly. It's still going to handle and perform and have 90% of its essence other than the, you know, yep. smelling like gas when you get home. <laughs> yeah. So there's some cars obviously you shouldn't swap. But I'd say most of them. Most of them. Send it. Send it. Yeah, send most send of it. them. Anything that's like classic V8, like you got coyotes and voodoos and LS1 through 9 and now LTs, like you have plenty of options to make them awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you get to drive them. Yeah. But should you put an M113K in a 911? <laughs> I kind of disagree. <laughs> you should not do that. I no, think that'd be great. No, sorry. I think my laughter covered up the first part. But in case you guys are not following our Instagram, um, we're we have an M113, a few M113Ks, which is the Mercedes AMG supercharged V8 uh, that came in some cars from the early 2000s, and we were putting that in a 190E, uh, one of the cars from Ireland, and I was like. Ooh, it would be nice to, we also, we also happen to have a Porsche that we're uh, making it an RSR. It's like an RSR tribute car. Yeah. And so I was like, Ooh, maybe we should put this motor, line it up to the, to the Porsche and see if it's, come on. It, I mean, it's probably close enough to the size of the original motor. Um, and uh, we filmed the video just for gigs and all of that. And it went uh, very crazy on, on <laughs> I Instagram. I think it's super cool. <laughs> I mean, doing an LS conversion into a 911 or a Cayman or something like that is highly desirable for, for many reasons. But an M113K is such a cool engine. Exactly. And the packaging on it is just so nice. I, I'm like into it. Like if, I'm, if, if the motor on my 911 ever blows up, which I'm sure it will, <laughs> Yes, I might consider something like that because it's 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 obtainable. I feel like it would also do very well on social media. So that's also yeah. Another, I mean, okay, another that's I think, Like you get all these people like good luck making it handle and blah blah blah. It's not that heavy of an engine. Mm-hmm. Like that's the it's all aluminum, thing. right? Uh, no, it has an or aluminum. Bottom. Okay, aluminum yeah. heads. But it's not as heavy as people think. Like people think you're putting this thing in and it's going to start doing wheelies. Or something, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's not the case. Like even an LS, if you put a true LS aluminum bottom end one in, it's not that much heavier than what was in there stock. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. I, th- I think it might actually even be a little tiny I bit think, lighter. Yeah, I think it's lighter. That would be by so not a lot, but it's enough. Yeah, I think I don't just slightly specifically, but depending on what configuration you put in like headers and intakes and stuff it's like maybe 50 or 75 pounds lighter on the one that i'm familiar with mm-hmm. so that's it's pretty like crazy these people kind of it yeah. just it's just the visual of it is just so significantly <laughs> different that i don't think a lot of people really realize like we're getting kind of a little off t- and no, tangent here but fine. like i don't think really a lot of people realize just how wide and significant you the know flat six the is. flat six engine actually is you know, you take something that's, you know, I don't know the dimensions, but imagine it's like three feet wide, you know, and it weighs whatever, you know, you put it next to an LS and it's like two feet wide mm. and weighs whatever, you know, it's, it's just taller, 
but narrower, like the uh, the LS is, yep. and it just looks so different that it, it looks, looks so it looks like it would be super super heavy, mm-hmm. but it's deceivingly not. Yeah, yeah, so, it looks like there's a lot of bits and pieces that make it kind of. There's 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 a couple of companies out there that make you know conversions and stuff like that for but for that. I don't and, think and I've it's, ever seen one in a nine eleven before, so. That Man, is. I've seen it. I've seen and I've seen lots of videos of it. You know, an M113? and it is, is it no, not a not oh, an M113. Okay. No, no. So that's kind of why I'm like, oh, interesting. Exactly. <laughs> interesting. I use the internet. Okay. What to confirm? And a stock 911 engine weighs 450 pounds. That's not that bad though. So an LS3, like a true LS, all mm-hmm. aluminum, 466 pounds. That's insane. Oh, that's go. uncanny. That's. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot closer than you would think. Yeah, <laughs> four hundred and eighteen pounds with the, depending on the packaging, mm-hmm. the lightest version of it. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. So That's pretty I mean, good. So it makes sense. So it, it before makes sense. all you guys start talking shit about handling <laughs> and all this other stuff, there you go. It worked. So yes. So that is a potential for when your engine. No, hopefully it doesn't go kaboom. But yeah. if the engine in your nine eleven goes kaboom. That might be an option. <laughs> that will definitely be an option. Yeah. Um, I mean, you already have a supercharger. That's just what we do here. Smaller pull. We solve. We solve problems. You want an M113K in your 911? No problem. We yeah. can solve that problem. Yeah. Maybe you can talk to um, some of the other Porsche owners that are here that we're supposed to do work to to be like a hey, M113. No. Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that enough project? Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to be encouraging that. Oh my gosh! Anyway, back to the original topic. Yes, car uh, cars are getting out of hand, or at auctions are getting out of hand. Let's talk about the 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 thing, the elephant in the room, literally the H one Hummer. Oh yes. yes, So, in case you guys do not know, this is a six by six, six wheels, six by six. Hummer or four by six, I should say, uh, six by six Hummer H1 or Hummer Humvee, uh, pretty Humvee. much as they would say, um, that has a mid-engined Hellcat motor, and what else? That's it. Mid-engine Hellcat motor. It's lowered, six six, lowered on like um, what to call coilovers, like uh, yeah, cantilever suspension. Yeah, some a whole bunch of wild arrow on it to make yeah. it appear like race car ish. I guess it looks. Pretty amazing. It's crazy. Look, at it. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. <laughs> We've talked about this car before on one of our previous podcasts, and the guy that actually built it follows us too, and um, he was probably very excited to hear that the Humvee sold for eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, American. His, his portion of it was seven fifty, which is insane. <laughs> Wow. Like, so I was there for what? it because, you know, I've had conversations with this fella. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see it in person. And it was like one of the like ones that I was attended for. Like I need to be present for. <laughs> and I thought, honestly, if somebody got wild, it was going to sell for like two, three hundred. Yeah. But it sort of stopped. And then I'm like, OK, cool. That makes sense. And then it just off what was it just two guys bidding or like how what yeah it was pretty strong like it was oh fast like people gosh. really wanted it like there wasn't much of a grind that is it insane. went to like it went to that number and then just stopped so it was like bam 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 it wasn't like 
a lot of times they're trying to you know generate more bids and there's a bit of a grind mm-hmm. and like humming and hawing that one just went hard right to 750 there's like the first two people left the room that got it to three and then oh from three gosh. to 750 it just went that is insane and then at 750 it was just like a hard stop and then it was sold so like why would you even why do you think that happened like were these guys drunk or something <laughs> Like, oh man, no matter how drunk I got, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be dropping three quarters of a million dollars on something. Like, I would have, there'd be an obscene amount of liquor. Plus, you have to be registered yep. and capable of, yes. like, you've been, you can't vet, just be like, hey. Yeah, you've been vetted. So, like, that money is spent. There's no backing out of it. Like, That's you have to be insane. approved for a certain level of, you know, bidding. Oh, you have to be. Okay, I, I thought everyone was just approved for like, oh, a million no, or 10 million. You got to make sure all your finances is in order before oh, you can even sh- I guess that makes sense because yeah, they, don't, they don't want fake yeah. bidders and drunk idiots and <laughs> all that kind of stuff and people trying to run bids up and, you know. So wow. it's pretty wild. That, that's, that's it. That's an, it's an so I don't know what the purpose of this thing is. The car? Yeah. Like, I don't know what, like how the new owner is going to extract any value out of it. I mean, it drives though. It runs, it drives, it moves under its own power. Like we saw, I think the video that, because I think it, he had some um, relations with Gas Money Garage or something. I think something. They, they handled it. Yeah, the marketing and all yeah, of that. So I feel like that might've also played in part of why it got that much. But the video is currently one of the most viewed or most liked and most viewed Instagram videos of all time. It's like in like the top 20. Wow. They got like a hundred wow. and something million. Holy. Views. That's wild. A few that million is, likes. That's it insane. went insane when Gas Monkey Garage put up that video. So I feel like that might've had something to do with it, but I still don't know what happened at that point or if they were being remote controlled by some sort. I don't know. Man. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's worth that much money. No, no, no. Mm. Yeah. It's like the, he apparently built it in 10 weeks. That's insane. Really? Two guys. 10 weeks. Which is insane. I followed the build and then, so yeah, this guy's hauling ass and it's nice. Like it looks like oh, yeah. it's well built. It was done. Like I feel like a lot of engineering went into like or uh, design engineering, yeah. all of that went into it. Yeah, before the know. 10 weeks even started. I don't know yeah. if there's functional engineering in it. Like I don't think it's vehicle specific. Oh, I see. I think engineering principles were applied mm-hmm. to it, like cantilever suspension and stuff, but I don't know how far it was taken in its functionality. Because it's a custom chassis? Yeah, it's a yeah. chassis that they mm, built. Yeah, it would have out of like rectangular tubing, mm-hmm. and then these things were applied to it. But I don't know how. Yeah. To what level? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's a lot of things that don't make sense. You're not yeah. gonna have cantilever suspension and then 24 inch wheels with rubber bands. <laughs> yeah. like there's things that don't line up there, but yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. yeah. And then beyond <laughs> that, it's like just normal coilovers, brakes, nothing. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not a Hummer anymore. It's built to an aesthetic, and mm-hmm. it achieved that very well. I don't know how well it's actually going to perform, though. Yeah. My guess is that its sole, per- its sole performance purpose in life is views. To look sick. Yeah. To get those 100-plus yeah. million yeah. views. It does it as, like, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild to look at. Like, I, I only briefly saw it in that Gas Monkey video. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I turned off the video like 
almost instantly because like ugh, you don't like. I gross. think it looks glorious. It looks but, like a Hot Wheels toy. Yeah, it does. But it, it does. It's pretty wild. Yeah. So I'm and, cool. and I, it's odd. It's automatically assumed that it's a shit ton of work, mm-hmm. and I do I do admire somebody's you know focus to to take it to the finish line like that. That's yeah. pretty awesome. You know, props to those dudes. That's that's pretty well, that's crazy. That's pretty much his whole mandate. Is yeah. Like, apparently, he had a TV show in France. Oh, yeah. really? Building a bunch of wild stuff. Oh, so he's done like a six by six Rolls Royce and a six by six. Oh, Defender. he was the same guy that did the Rolls yeah. Royce. Oh, yeah. yo, that's cool. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not really built to do anything yeah, other yeah. than it looks look wild. Just what be wild. Mm-hmm. Super yeah. wild. Well, and, he achieved it. Yeah, he, he, he hit that on the mark right yeah. there. And uh, what is also interesting about the whole thing is, like, again, we've talked about it not being a Hummer, but I'm curious to know how that owner is going to use it or if they're even going to use it. Like, is it just going to end up parked in like a shed, not a shed, but like a garage somewhere and just looking at it and stuff? So I'm very curious. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know how they're going to extract value out of it. Yeah. Like some stuff you see and it's like it ends up in museums. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the price of admission and different stuff like that. But this, like, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Like there even other things like that have like the pedigree of having a race history and all that kind of stuff. Like you see how you can get your value back out of it. Mm-hmm. But that, what do you do with it? It doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Like it's not a track car. No. It's not an off-road vehicle. You can't drive it fast. So what do you do with it? Yeah. I don't know. That's the question. Like it might just have a, it might have a year, exactly. maybe two years of like car show appearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But beyond but after that, that like, what do you do? What do you do with it? You can a- like if you can drive it. It just it always blows people's mind. People's mind. It will always yeah. blow people's minds, no matter how old yeah. it gets. It's one of those. But that's, the thing it's is just like, so outrageous. Yeah. You gotta understand the amount of wealth that some people have. Yeah, like that seems like an obscene amount of money to us. But if you're a billionaire and you're like, well, yeah, oh, there's yeah. one toy. Whatever. <laughs> like yeah. that's the, you know, it could be on its way to Saudi Arabia right mm-hmm, now or, mm-hmm. you know, Dubai or whatever. And it's might just sit in a collection and smile when you look at it and that's it. Yeah. I also see it as like art too, because it's like people paying ridiculous amount of money for paintings or mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It applies to everything. Pretty paintings, amazing. Watches. Yep. Like you know, you can get a million dollar watch, no problem. That so when you seen to us, but I know if I had to choose between a watch and that truck, I would pick that truck any day I'd pick <laughs> yeah. the watch because I know I could sell the watch down the road. Whereas that truck is just going to continue to depreciate to the point that it's almost worth nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I would pick the truck. Like you can drive the truck. It's massive. You see it. You're like, oh, shoot. It's like watches. Oh, like I've, I've never been a watch guy. You're a watch guy. I'm like, Psh, eh, it's a small watch. Eh, it's fine. Yeah, but <laughs> you, can, you can get your money back out of your wallet. I guess at so. Least it's a more of an of it investment. If you buy the worst bet, you know, a decent thing. But that, it's like, we've seen it a hundred times before, not to this level of wildness, but like, you'll see like a new hype car and it'll sell for 600 grand. Two years later, it sells again at auction. Same auction is 400 grand. Mm-hmm. Two years later, it's yeah, 200 it grand. Dropping. Yeah. So it's like, it just keeps dropping to a point where, it, you know, this is, it's, it's met, it's, lowest amount like it's maximum amount of depreciation and then it'll change hands three four more times Mm. in that base sort of range so this is going to be the same but i also feel like or do you guys feel like it's like a start line for people building custom things because again talking about auctions and previously 
something like this, you take it to an auction, like you would expect like a lot less than it sold for. So does this set a, a line for people to be like, oh shoot, I can take my what? Lamborghini Euro Chevy Tahoe body swap to an auction like that and it will uh, do I don't crazy. Think so, this isn't a new concept. Because the, <clears throat> the sort of previously things that were built to this level of, what is it? Ecken, I can't even think of the word. It's very eccentric. Okay. So I can't even pronounce that word, but eccentricity, <laughs> eccentricity. Yes. We're generally poorly done because mm. they're being built to us in a stack by somebody that maybe didn't have the ability to be doing what they're doing. But now this stuff is being created nice. So it has a lot more value. So I think there's going to be always a new niche for this wild stuff because it's, it's crazy and it works. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. traditionally you see a lot of this wild shit and it's like made out of spray foam and <laughs> yeah. so bad. And you're like, it's a cool idea, but you just assume that it's junk. Mm -hmm. Whereas now some of this stuff is like, it may not have a specific function that we can identify, but at least you can go out and use it and yes, drive it you can and drive stay it. together mm -hmm. for a couple of years. And you'll, you know, like it's cool. So I don't know if it's going to stay, but there's a lot of money out there. I was offered obscene amounts of money for my Evo. Yeah. Like that's crazy. crazy. So if you want it, it's worth what somebody will pay for it. Mm -hmm. That applies to everything in the auction. Like you might think these numbers are crazy, but somebody's paying it. So that is now what that is worth. Yeah. Like you can put a value to something, but if it doesn't sell, that's not what it's worth. Mm -hmm. And then that's why you see some stuff like that. But these people are paying it. And I know why they're paying it. And it's going to make people all upset and get all fucking wild because they seem like these numbers are just absolutely obscene and outrageous. Astronomical, yeah. Astronomical, but they're not. They're not really. Like, if you're building a car to these levels with these parts and all this type of stuff, some of these cars are a deal. <laughs> like, they're literally a deal. Like, you see what it costs to build stuff. It costs shop, a lot of money. And it doesn't make sense. And even to me, I'm like, holy shit, this you're is You're spending expensive. this. <laughs> but by the time you're done, you put your hours and all this kind of stuff in the parts, and it's like... To these guys, because they have that lump sum ability to purchase these things, it's like, okay, I don't have to, you know, like you go talk to Rocha shop. Mm -hmm. We'll say a, a nice car, a built car is probably a half a million bucks. So, and it's going to take two years, yep. maybe three years. You can buy one for 290K and have it tomorrow. That's not that bad. When so you it think seems like it. a deal. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a deal to that guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm driving it on Monday. Yeah. So they're, that's... But that's a different class of customer. Like mm -hmm. we're looking at it from our economic ability and it seems crazy, but I know what this stuff costs. And some of it you're like, damn, that's a lot of money, but it's a deal. Yeah. Like the level of some of these cars is insane. Like they're almost supercars, some of these. Yeah. And like they've applied it to a 50, 60 year old car and they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Some stuff, 100% overpriced, <laughs> like 100%. <laughs> Yeah. But I think that's people not recognizing the subtle differences between things. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So like one is like 250 and then they see one that's 90% looks like with that one. And then it's like, like oh. 140, mm -hmm. but it's not 90%. It's like 30% of what that one was. Yeah. So yeah. it seems cheap and then they get hammered and there's people that get fucking ripped mm. because there is stuff like, like K5 Blavers were super hot. You'll see one super nice. LS3, LT4, whatever, pick whatever platform. Yep. And it's like 250 grand, 280 grand. And it's nice. But then you'll see one that's got a mint paint job, a nice interior, 
and underneath it's got some crusty old stock frame and a bunch mm. of shit and it goes across it's $140,000 oh. and then it's like that guy got jacked yeah, yeah so it's almost like they're riding a train like so yeah so I feel like people do, that's so interesting I didn't even realize that people do that or I guess I hadn't thought about that yeah, but part you can of, have the same wheels yeah yeah similar paint job similar interior but everything inside is junk mm. and then the other guy the insides are like you know chassis wheels brakes brand new motor transfer case drive lines like capable off-road vehicle but the other one looks the same like from the curb and then that guy gets ripped and you go look and you're like oh shit <laughs> basically 140 grand for a stock k5 with a nice paint job yeah that's pretty crazy you're gonna have some buyer's remorse mm -hmm. <laughs> um and so if my PDF can work, come on, man. Oh, 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 there it is. So I also have some extra things, Ooh. some extra uh, cars that sold at auction that oh. blew my mind or that I'm like, what, wait, what? So one of them, this is a uh, 1954 Ferrari 500 Mondial Spider Series 1. Very long name. Um, it was expected, first of all, this car is, uh, when you hear it, you're like, yo, this is gonna go for a lot of million, blah, blah, blah. But this is kind of what the car looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yo. I'll put up a picture. I mean, it was not much burned. of a car. I know. It was like 17 million or something, wasn't it? No, 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 it was burned. Like literally, that is a crispy, it's just a crust, a shell of a car. Um, it was expected to fetch up to 1.6 million bucks at auction. Uh, it didn't go for a lot more. It got $1.875 million wow. for a pile of rust. Yeah, but the finished car, I think, is like 17 to 20 million. Probably, So there's yeah. lots of room in there for... Yeah, it yeah. was one but of 13. just the idea that somebody has sat on that burnt car for like 40 years waiting for this moment. That's insane. Is there, it, did you read about it? Is there like a lot of history with so, this specific one? So it is one of 13 ever built. It was designed by Pininfarina and okay. later rebodied by Scaglietti. Uh, it was raced by the factory driver Franco, Franco Cor Cortesi and finished uh, 14th at the Millimilia. So he's been in Millimilia. So he has a lot of yeah. heritage. And then it, cr it was crashed a few times and changed hands, all of that. And so, but it's been sitting like this for like years, like decades. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> that sold for 1.8 million. I'm like, how is someone gonna extract the value out of this? This did not make sense to me. So <laughs> that's one of those well, it's got all very, right very pieces. historical the things though, right? there and all the other parts. So, you know, the fact that it has racing history provides so much more value. I mean, it's such a romantic idea. But it's still like, is the question now is, are they just going to also just only take the chassis, the number, the VIN number, and then rebuild something because I think Ferrari oh. kind of talked or someone was like, they might take it to Ferrari yeah, and have it. build it or something. Ferrari's rebuilding. So it's technically a brand new car, but just with the same VIN. Yeah, and they're gonna build and it to the exact yeah, spec that it, it was. In the way that mm. it was originally yeah. built. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have to like dig into their documentation and, and so, build it exactly like it was. Otherwise, I mean, you will never <laughs> extract the value out of it. 
<laughs> but then now you're creating all this provenance and the story yeah. around this particular car that's increasing its value. Too. Mm. Yeah. So the story of this purchase right here alone even adds to it. That that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very it's an amazing thing. It's wild that it sells for it seems like an <laughs> so impossible much. challenge. I know. Like what? Is, this is just a pile of garbage to me. I'm just. I mean, like, you take that to a like a like a a coach builder, like a very specific coach builder. They could remake that car you know for pretty but reasonable if one of their originals is selling for 17 million dollars yeah you got it for two <laughs> that him. leaves you a lot of room there's a lot of millions there to there's create a, lot a of car millions to create a car <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and there's no reason why you can't do it like, so. if, if you gave me 10 million i would dedicate my life to creating <laughs> that car <laughs> like seriously that yeah that that when you put it like that i'm like okay yeah that and you also have the story to of like oh like the crazy story of what it used to look like yeah. and what it looks like so even I if guess, you, you put in 10 and you made three or four million dollars profit that's an insane return on investment yeah. <laughs> like that's a crazy investment so, it's not an investment most people can do because you need to have hard cash to be able to float that this. thing. Yeah. That's a good investment right there. But for someone to come to that thought process of, oh, this is a great investment, even though it's a pile of rust or garbage, like that takes a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, like to actually do it because it's, it's one thing talking about it like, oh yeah, that would be nice. But to actually yeah. put that put kind of money, money down. Well, it's a completely different mindset. And we, and you know, we do have a customer that kind of gets involved in that slightly, mm -hmm. you know, the guy that we did the Bentley for and the Aston Martin and he, he kind of plays around in this game a little bit, not quite that extent, but uh, it's a different mindset That's altogether. Crazy. I would love to sit and talk with one of these guys, the guy that bought this, I just want to sit down and just hear him talk. Yeah, but you're not doing that if you have $15 million. No, you're no. doing that if you have a hundred multi year, $200 million yeah. mm -hmm. or a billion dollars, mm -hmm. then it's just another, you know, another iron in the fire. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. You're not yeah. doing that with every cent you got. And a lot of times people will put three or four guys together to do it. Mm. Oh, I see. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, that'll make sense. Yeah. Like we find it all the time. It's like, there'll be somebody that finds the car, but they need help to buy the car. Yep. And then it turns into this partnership and yeah, a whole thing. Yeah. So. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible. That would be a thing. We've talked about the Hummer, <clears throat> insane. Oh, I kind of I do like how it looks. Oh, <laughs> this one. <laughs> oh. So this was the Wolf of Wall Street Countach. <laughs> One of them that got crashed in the movie. It's crazy that they used real cars. I know. That is mind-blowing to they me. Did. Yeah, I did they not use know actual that. real cars. Yeah, this is a real Countach that got crashed. And I'm like, so this was uh, selling at the, uh, I think it was the, uh, forget, let me see the name, the Bonhams Auction. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, if you see a crash Countach like this, what do you think it'll go for? <laughs> Based on its value, you'd think like three or 400 grand. Yeah. Yeah. I would think less, honestly, because like. But the parts, I, I watched the thing on it and the guy actually was like rattling off the parts of what it would take to repair it. Mm -hmm. And they're surprisingly not that crazy. Really? Yeah. It looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't that bad. Like there's a few standout parts kind of like you know, the Lambo we're repairing mm -hmm. and it's like some parts are hundreds and then there'll be the odd piece. That's like some obscene number. Like, oh, I, I think see. the side skirt was like $8,000, <laughs> but the fender was like, 
you know, 1200 bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. But like, because and the craziest part of it is they have the parts to fix it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Like Lamborghini has the parts to that's repair it. That's amazing. But wow. like, would you spend the money fixing this? For example, if you bought this, uh, would you spend, before I, really, I announced the yeah. price, would you spend your money fixing something like this? Because like, or would you just leave it like this? Because it's still, it has that movie heritage yeah. you know i think it would probably get like three four maybe five years like how when was that movie so know, we're probably early 2000s tail maybe? end of its relevance mm. so like yeah you might be able to put it in a hotel or a museum yeah as a museum yeah. at the 10 year mark it's like nobody cares to see it. yeah <laughs> like oh there's a wolf of wall street car who cares yeah, yeah. you could swap it out for a kit car and nobody know different oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah true. that is true if you're a car enthusiast you probably look at it and go oh, i don't put that back together yeah, so I'm like, is it worth it rebuilding or is it worth it just leaving it like this? That's another point. But I'm if like, you mm. fix it, it's not going to sell exactly. For exactly. What it's sold for. That's my thought process because I'm like, it's, but it's no longer the movie car sort of if it's fixed and it's like, oh, this was crashed and now it's rebuilt. So I'm like, would it sell for more? Would it sell for less? I would say it would probably sell for, you probably get what a decent one is worth, mm -hmm. but you would have to really push that that's that car yeah, yeah you'd have to document like the heck out of it yeah right? yeah yeah like it'd be part of like the whole story and the history of what it is it's kind of like that ferrari racing history this has got this is like you know movie production history like this car was the wolf of wall street car yeah. and this is what it looked like when i got it yeah. now it's a fully functional otherwise car. you just got a smashed up <laughs> yeah, with like exactly. a two hundred thousand dollar deck on it yeah <laughs> that's just one of those kind of things like you got to have silly money to have something like that if you were to leave it crashed up you just got to have that's like some money. man cave shit that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that would be sick just to have it hanging on a wall somewhere or yeah. something yeah that would be sick. A mirror but, and a razor blade next to it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bunch of pills. Yeah. yeah. Is, oh my this god. Is where we do the cocaine. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> See so, this right here? There's actually quaaludes right here. <laughs> this Wolf of Wall Street wrecked Kuntash. The seller wanted one point five million dollars from it. Wow. Like insane. He got offered one point three five million and he turned it down. Yeah. So we didn't sell. <laughs> Wild man, I would have took the money and ran. <laughs> Shit. So this is a twenty fifth, twenty fifth anniversary edition Coon yes. Cash. What is the th what is the value of that car? I don't know. I, I should have probably. Looked I don't up. think they're super crazy. They're well, they are they're crazy. The cheaper at ones. one point they were because not many people like them. I think they're probably like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. So, but at one point they were like, I think brand new. It was like a hundred and ten thousand. Yeah. And then you could get one for like 80 G's for a while. Jeez. <laughs> now all Coontashes are insane. I love that version of it. Yeah. I mean, the rods are very, very much of the time, but it's, I, it's a cool car. I prefer the original, like yeah. the first one. Like, I don't know. The clean, like, it just looks clean. Yeah. Compared to the, I mean, these ones too do look sick, but like, <clears> I don't know. It's just me, but I'm like, it just looks smooth and I prefer the unmolested cannonball run. Yeah. Wing, wing and everything. 5,000. Yeah. QV. Even, yeah. Even with the, how shitty the wing was supposed to make it, like <laughs> yeah. the car worse. Yeah. Still, that's still my favorite. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Super iconic. I want one. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> mm. Um. Okay. This one is kind of, I mean, 250. GTO. GTO. Yeah. I mean, 330 LM. Sick. 
I don't, yeah, it's insane. This one sold for a happy 51 million. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Last time I remember seeing it was like 26 million or something like that. This one, I think with buyer's premiums was like 62 million. Oh my gosh. I know. And so this was last year. So it's not even like an old auction. So this happened last year. That's mental. I mean, it is an absolutely beautiful car. It is beautiful. That kind of stuff makes sense though. It doesn't make sense at 60 million, but that car is like 100% hand built. True. Like every part was hand casted, including the engine, like everything. Like I just found out recently that like those headers that we love so much mm-hmm. are sand cast. That's how they created those shapes. That's crazy. That is an epic sand amount of cast. Work. Yes. So I'm like, how did they bend this tubing like this? And it's like a lot of it was cast. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's insane. Like what huh. would that take? Yeah, that's insane. I I just assumed it was sand filled tubing and flame bent. bent, flame bent. Yeah, but no, there's like these cast the cast headers. I did not know that. That's that is pretty crazy. Wild. So that was just another one. I'm like two fifties are. I don't understand the values of them. At yeah. maybe three million, I'm like yeah, but fifty seven million or whatever yeah. that thing. So fifty one point <clears throat> seven million, insane. Like that just blows my mind. Doesn't that's make a crazy sense. number. Yeah. And then this one, though, yo, I did not. I thought this was the most expensive car. This 250 GTO. (laughs) I was very wrong because uh, this Mercedes like 100 million takes the cake. So what do we got here? So it's a 1955 Mercedes 300 SLR. Uh, I don't know how to speak German. Unhun. Un. Ulenhout. 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 dollars. Yeah, see, the last one was $100 million the last time it sold. That's insane. Yeah. The most wow. expensive car. Yeah. Like $142 million. Yeah. It, I don't understand. It's a prototype car and like um, the first. one of two Yeah, for the Pan America Carrera race or something like that. That's so insane in 1955, yeah, it's a beautiful car, but that's crazy, insane. So that was, <laughs> so that was one that I was like, yeah, this is too much. Like I cannot imagine. It looks amazing, but no, man. And also speaking of, let's go back to the Ferrari. Aren't don't they make kit cars of these? Yeah, yo, based off that's a, yo, it was not the same man. It looks exactly the same. It's yeah, <laughs> you gotta go deeper than the skin, fella. Nah, there's a lot that's, more going on there. The motor and the drivetrain, everything to do that is what makes that car what it mm-hmm. is. Because, but it has a six, right? No, no, that twelve. Twelve. Yeah, twelve flat, flat twelve. No, V twelve. V twelve. Oh shoot. Yeah. But still, I'm like, come on, like Datsun, the style. Yeah, it's not the same, man. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things, like you would not swap that car because everything that makes that car what it is, is Weber carburetors, True. V12, you know, open headers. Like yeah. that thing is, can you imagine what that sounds like? There's actually a video, I can't remember who the driver was, but it was like a Petrolicious one mm-hmm. where he drove that up a mountain. <sighs> And then just the entire time, it just the sounds noise. like a symphony. I remember man. that video. It yeah. was like the son of the guy that yeah that rebuilt it or or something. And he something. was like a really good driver, wow. and he just it was wound that thing video. out, and God, it was just cool, magical. Yeah, yeah. and then you put an LS in it, and mm. no, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, There's some things you just can't do. <laughs> but I think if you're buying a sixty million dollar car, you yeah. can you can fly in the factory 
fucking Ferrari, do whatever, uh, yeah. fucking Formula One team, and they can start your car for you, and you that's can go for a drive. That's not your only sixty-one million dollars. No. Okay, this one is a little bit less. I'm not going to show the picture yet, but it is a so similar to the G Volt that we did. It's a G Wagon convertible, but it's a G500 convertible. So Cabrio from 2004. Guess how much? It, how much would you pay for that? I'll bet you it's probably a million bucks. Nah, way too much. Come on, man. <laughs> I just saw one that was converted. And it was like one point seven. Ooh, well, that just stomps the number. But this one was, I think it sold for three fifty. Three hundred fifty thousand for a G five hundred, and I'm like, that is a freaking. I would say that is a fifty, a good like a fifty thousand dollar car. Like I would. A G500 convertible. That's just a power top cabriolet. To me, yeah. yeah I'm power like, top psh, cabriolet. short wheelbase. It's so ugly. it's exactly like the G Volt. Yeah. So just I'm a like, 500. Yeah. yeah. But the V8 ones in any of the short wheelbases are like three times as much yeah, money. That blows mm. my mind. And then there's a G55 version of that that's probably a half a million. Oh my gosh. Like 350 US. That's another one I don't understand. It's, it's crazy. Just, what? I don't see how people spend. I don't know. Well. <laughs> I haven't had that level of money, so yes, I would not know. Once you have that level of money, you got to look for new <laughs> stuff to buy. <laughs> and then this one was a little bit less, but this uh, was a burnt, not burnt, the NSX that sank to the bottom of the sea. Mm. The guy stole it and abandoned it in like a quarry or yeah, something. they're rebuilding it, aren't for they? For like 20 years, yeah, they're rebuilding this one. <laughs> so this one was kind of like reasonable. So what would you pay for this? It was, it sat at the bottom of a lake for like 20 years. I so, would pay like... $3,500. Is, is, there, is there some sort of historical value other than, no, fact other than no. the story? That's it's just it. a story. No. That's and it, it doesn't make any sense to rebuild. And there's the people that are rebuilding it. I think I heard it on a podcast and it's like, even for them, it's like, it doesn't make sense to rebuild it. We're just rebuilding it because this is what we do. So we want to show the level in which we can take something from and to. Yeah, I would pay like 3500 probably less for this NSX. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but they bodies aluminum though. So, I mean, the body panels are probably, I don't know how aluminum corrodes in water. Or well, it still water, does. It should be fine. Yeah, because the lake is fresh water. So. Yeah, but it's still oxygenated, right? So, yeah. so I don't know. It's repaneled, like, <laughs> rebonding everything. 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 Every single everything. Thing. So, I, I probably wouldn't even take and bother 90, for free. Like, that's not worth it. Like, I wouldn't take it for free. What's the most one ever sold for? Like 100 grand? Yeah. There's no way you could take that back no, for 100 no, grand. No. But, I mean, people no. are doing it for social media. But the, <laughs> the shop that's doing it is an NSX restoration shop. Yeah. shop. So, they're doing it just because they can't. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure they're going to document it, yeah. put it on YouTube, try to, you know, Instagram do all that and mm. it's a marketing tool so yeah so it, it's, just, it's an interesting time in in our world now that that's a that's a thing, thing. yeah you i would know? love to watch that but yeah that one just sold for 8500 bucks so really <laughs> yeah holy cow so yeah i think that was it for my weird uh auction there's still a lot of weird cars like i was going through this i was like oh my gosh like some people pay insane absurd amounts of money for some interesting cars or some cars that I would be like, wait, I would pay like 5,000 for this. They pay like a million. So yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, the, the, the level of artistic expression in cars, like the, the Humvee and, and all of these things nowadays, people are so good at, you know, their craftsmanship and, and with social media and marketing yeah. and everything that surrounds our little world here, 
we're we're able to see some pretty amazing things like i mean these guys are creating this is a new industry and yeah. it's a pretty and wild time money that they can keep creating yeah. yeah these are not like the show cars of the 60s that guys went all in on and got nothing for and then they just died on the vine yeah and then it resurfaces 35 years later because the guy passed away like these guys with a half a million or three quarters of a million dollars have opportunity to build something else yeah so that's a pretty cool time it's a it's a cool time for that Mm -hmm. and it's nice to see because we're seeing we're seeing people do some wild stuff yeah there's people out there with a lot of money with really bad taste And they need people to build them wild shit. Yeah, Yeah. so true. It's going to happen. Yes, very true. And so, anything else before we end this one? No, I think that's it. Yeah, sweet. Okay, if you like this episode, uh, and if you find some weird auctions, let us know. And if Um, someone's paying it, that's what it's worth. I know. (laughs) Yes. See you guys later. Bye.